And so the bottom line is you're promoting essentially a, a term that we used to use with longevity. And what you're trying to do is make sure that your body stays healthy as opposed to allowing it to get sick versus letting it get sick and then trying to treat that one thing. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode number 150 of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I hope you're enjoying your October, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it with Dr. Bruce Fong. We had a great time discussing insulin-like growth factor one, or IGF-1. And the question that I have for you is do you even know what IGF-1 is? If not, I highly suggest you take a listen to this episode. You will enjoy it. So Dr. Bruce Fong was introduced to natural medicine and homeopathic medicine as a young child and continues with that tradition today. He has followed in the family footsteps of medicine and is rooted in the belief that we must heal and prevent human disease and suffering. A pioneer in integrative medicine, Dr. Fong has been at the forefront of alternative therapies for immune-related diseases, including special treatment plans, which combine the best options for a broad array of homopathic, integrative Chinese, osteopathic, and traditional medicine. As a medical director of the Sierra Integrative Medical Center and Neutronics Labs, Dr. Fong is focused on solving root causes, not treating the symptoms and masking issues falsely with compounded prescriptions, which I highly believe in. In this episode, we talk about IGF-1 from a deer antler. Now, my question is, who was the one that decided to grind up the deer antlers and swallow them? I have no idea, but it goes back for a long ways. And Dr. Fong talks about this subject and much, much more. Please rate and review this episode. It means a lot to me. Enjoy this show. All right, Dr. Bruce Fong, great to have you join me today. I have much gratitude for you taking the time out of your busy schedule. How are you out there in Reno today? Hey, Tom, it's great to be here. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to be on the show. And I'm, I'm always open to, to educate my, my, not only my patients, but the public on uh, some great things that they can do for themselves to, for everything from healthy aging to maintaining their health. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I, you know, I love, I, I was looking at your website for the clinic, which is called uh, Sierra Integrative Medical Center. Yes. And... It's just a, I love what it says about treating the root cause of disease. It yeah. says not just the symptoms. This is a key to the health of our nation. This, to me, treating the root cause of disease is not just a sim- treating the symptoms. It's a root. It's, this is the key, in my opinion, to the health of our nation, overall health of our nation. 
Right, right. I mean, we've had a philosophy since the clinic's inception. Now, uh, our clinic essentially is a generational clinic. To say it nicely, my mother and uh, uh, Dr. Tang, who started the clinic, um, they actually started back in San Francisco, California, with uh, what was called the San Francisco Preventative Medical Clinic, uh, preventive medical group, I should say. And then they actually ended up moving to Reno, Nevada, uh, because of, uh, well, essentially, there was uh, some of the oppressiveness in, in California with uh, looking at cutting-edge therapies. So when they came to Reno in the early 80s, they helped to form the Nevada State Board of Homeopathic Medical Examiners, which actually licenses folks to do this sort of work, what we would really call any type of alternative or integrative medicine these days. And the clinic really grew on the fact that, um, well, it's a personal story. It's about my mother. She was actually, you know, about the mid-70s. I was pretty young back then. I was uh, born in 69. But the thing was that she got progressively more and more ill. Her hair was falling out. She couldn't eat. She was sensitive to everything. Um, she just was getting weaker and weaker. And, and here along comes Dr. Tang, who, uh, you know, eventually marries her. But his new bride is basically fading away in front of his eyes. Um, she's literally looks like she's dying. And so this Yale trained army trained physician who's hardcore conventional can't find anything to do for her from that perspective. And through his courage and bravery, looking at homeopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, and then various other modalities, they ultimately discovered my mom had lead poison and basically was, uh, you know, uh, began using chelation before uh, chelation was any kind of a known word here in the, really here in the United States. It was being done in Europe, but really very few people in the United States really knew about it back in the, uh, the late 70s and really basically got mom better. And the clinic began to grow on that perspective. It's like, okay, yeah, your hair is falling out. I mean, you, you look horrible. You're allergic to all these uh, foods and, and, and chemicals and everything else. Well, there's nothing we can do for you. Well, now we need to kind of get in there. And, and find out why somebody's doing something. And, you know, uh, that, that's just one example. you got really bad sensitivities and, or I should say hypersensitivities and, uh, and allergies, and you're reacting to a lot of things. Yeah, you, you might want to check out the fact that maybe you have heavy metal toxicity. And that, again, there's a root cause. We, we see a lot of patients in our, in our current uh, iteration of the clinic, um, and they come in with a lot of times uh, certain diagnoses. Uh, and then we try to dig through and try to find things. Um, I mean, we see MS patients, we uh, in, there are other demyelinating diseases, really a lot of chronic degenerative stuff. And we typically try to find under, uh, underlying things. We find underlying infections, metal toxicities like we talked about. We look at uh, environmental toxins, including mold toxins. I mean, we work up a lot of different things based on uh, uh, an extended period with the patient. We usually spend about 90 minutes or more with a new patient consult. So we really try to get to know our patients really well. And that guides us in our uh, uh, the various uh, testing, some of which is more conventional, some of which is less conventional. But we really, really feel that to properly pay, play detective, you have to have you know, more open eyes, take those blinders off. And uh, you, know, you, you don't have the 15-minute appointment at the most. You, you really try to spend that time with the patient, let them open up to you and really try to find that root cause of disease like we are talking about. And I think that's what's missing in in the conventional medicine world, and unfortunately, it's due to insurance mainly, is because everybody wants health insurance, but yet they don't realize that what they're they don't realize when they have health insurance what they're getting is really yeah. not a, a, a very good health model for the overall body. So that, that's an actually really good point. It was a point we made quite a few years ago is that there's a difference between a disease model of healthcare, 
versus a a, a health or, or maintenance of health kind of model of healthcare. The disease model is, hey, come on in. Here's X, Y, Z symptoms, and here's your diagnosis. Boom. Here's a, here's your your treatment, whether it's a pill or whatever. And then basically, that's all you have. You have an algorithm. You have a specific protocol for those set of symptoms. You make that, uh, you know, hopefully make a good diagnosis, and then you have a specific treatment, and then all said and done. That just looks at the very thing that you go to the doctor for, and that 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 one thing. And I remember back in residency, you know, when you're pressed for time in the clinic, and my residency was over 20 years ago, uh, even then they were saying, if you're pressed for time because you have all these patients, just try to focus in on the one thing that the patient came in for today. Unfortunately, sometimes the one thing they're coming in for today is just the tip of the iceberg of all the different things they have underneath there. And that can actually be just a manifestation of more uh, you know, uh, profound and more deep disease throughout the whole body. And so the health model of uh, or the, the healthy person model or whatever you want to call it of healthcare is trying to seek out all these other things, or at the very least, trying to maximize your body so that it can actually handle all the various things uh, with or without specific treatments for the, you know, like everyday exposures to environmental toxins or uh, allergens or whatever. And so the bottom line is you're promoting essentially a, a term that we used to use was longevity. And what you're trying to do is make sure that your body stays healthy as opposed to allowing it to get sick versus letting it get sick and then trying to treat that one thing. Right. I agree 100%. That's why I have the tree of life behind me. Yeah. You know? That's and a great picture, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, I got that from Sasha Patel. He okay, let me, wow. he let me, he actually let, let me have the, his picture so that I could put it on a larger picture. So, That's great. Yeah. And I, I mean, but it's so true because, you know, to your point and to, it's just, you can't, everything's interconnected in our body. I mean, right. God built our bodies with an amazing system and that and the fact that it will heal itself given the right environment. But we have to find what what's caused. It's not if you have a headache, constant headache. What's causing the constant headache? You know what so, is what is the root cause of that headache? And right. Getting, I mean, right. It, it, there, there, there's so many things that we can address that way. But even uh, and now, I'm an osteopathic physician by training. Right. Even in the origins of osteopathy, uh, the, our, our founder uh, Andrew Taylor still had a, philo- a philosophical uh, tenet that the body has an innate ability to heal itself and we have to help it to maximize that ability. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that basically right. that, that's what he's quoted to say. And there's quotes like that throughout all of medicine, but it just seems like we're, you know, in, in modern medicine, we're, 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 we're more pressed for time. We're in a, we're in a, a crunch that, you know, uh, you know, you're, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, with your, your primary care doctor doing that. But, you know, it's because of the system they're in. It's really not because they don't care. It's really because they're limited by uh, what's uh, what they're allowed to do. And so why word out there and, and trying to do all these things is really because to, to provide for that patient population that can't be properly cared for with that 10, 15 minute appointment. We're trying to help get to the bottom of things, look at what's chronically going on in their body as opposed to what's acutely going on. And that way, try to correct for a lot of the underlying things. And by making your body better, eliminating things that make it try to be, quote unquote, sick, then the body has that ability to start to heal itself, make itself stronger so that it actually doesn't get sick with something new. 
And I think that that's that's really a, a, a somewhat different strategy than what, what you would expect from the managed care, care model. Right. Unfortunately, like I said earlier, unfortunately, that our insurance companies don't want to pay for that. They right. want they want to pay for the fifteen minute appointment. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, managed care it was there because, in truth, there was a problem. Right. There was the, the, the price of of healthcare was skyrocketing. They were there to try to help control that. But the problem is, and what I've seen is that physicians who should be at the very top and the pinnacle of healthcare because they're the ones who are supposed to be most educated, have the most experience, and be able to uh, you know set how we do things are no longer in control. It's really the, uh, you're actually under the control of who the payers are. And the payers can dictate to a large degree what uh, a, a physician does. And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you out there, pretty close to 100% of the physicians will tell you that ideally, they're, they're never going to be affected by this. Right. But, uh, but they understand that you know, they are in a system and they try to work with that system. Every physician you know, uh, it should be out there you know, for the best interest of their patients. And I believe, uh, you know, the vast majority are, but they're stuck in a system. And again, that, that system, you know, again, it, it helps to manage costs for sure, but there's, there's instances where uh, the, the models that are set up uh, exclude a, a certain people from being properly taken care of. And that's what, you know, we, we in the integrative medical world. Exactly. Do. Exactly. So uh, before we dive into, we're going to eventually dive into IGF-1, which is, for other people listening, is insulin-like growth factor one today. But before we do that and move forward here, what was your catalyst or pain to purpose for getting going, becoming a doctor of osteopathy? Well, it's very interesting. I, um, you know, I, I told you about my mom's story. Right. Um, I also have a father uh, who unfortunately contracted Parkinson's, and my grandma had it on that side. And uh, uh, thank the Lord, praise the Lord. So far, I have not seen any sort of symptoms in me. But the bottom line is they had Parkinson's disease. And my dad got really bad. He survived 26 years on it. And towards the end, uh, you know, he was really bad to the point where he actually looked almost like he had Alzheimer's. He couldn't move and he couldn't think and all that kind of stuff. And it, it just, I had to watch him whittle away. And, you know, besides my mom being sick and then finally finding uh, that, that that ability in the integrative world to, 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 to fix her, you know, it really inspired me to say that I never wanted to see somebody suffer like that. I, um, you know, I was raised in, in San Francisco and, you know, uh, it, back then it was, a, it was quite a bit of diversity. And, you know, we, we, we never, you know, I, I was, I had my share of, you know, getting, you know, picked on or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 you know, so I, I, maybe you want to call me, I overcompensate. I started working out <laughs> to be a big guy and said, no, you ain't picking on me, but you ain't picking on that other guy either, that other person. So I would be the one, unfortunately, getting the fights for somebody else because I thought somebody would get picked on. So that, that was my earlier history. That same mentality as I watched my dad basically whittle away over 26 years, watching my mom being that sick and ultimately getting better, inspired me to want to be someone who could pick up that fight, to fight for others who couldn't help themselves because they didn't know what to do. And, you know, so that, that was kind of my main drive and osteopathy specifically because of some of the tenets I told you about, some of the philosophical parts that sort of set osteopaths apart from, uh, you know, uh, you know, the primary or uh, the, the, the everyday allopathic medical doctors, that philosophical part of it was what attracted me more to osteopathic medicine than it did the allopathic mm. side. So, 
And then, then you then you spun it off into whole more holistic approach or integrative approach. So interesting enough, when I was an undergraduate, uh, uh, I was here at the University of Nevada, Reno and Reno, Nevada. And I actually worked at my uh, my mom's and Dr. Tank's clinic. Um, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I did every job there. So I started off as a guy taking garbage out. <laughs> and I worked my way up the ladder. I mean, I, I was a IV tech. I was a... <clears throat> hyperbaric uh, oxygen uh, technician was the perfect job for an undergrad student, by the way. So literally I'm helping to bring a patient to pressure in a, uh, in a high pressure oxygen environment. And once they're there, you just have to be there to talk to them, make sure that they're okay. The rest of the time you got nothing to do. So people have, you know, open a book, yeah, I cracked open my, my textbooks, my notes and everything else. So I had plenty of time to study there. So that, uh, you know, that sort of experience, I was already kind of building up in this clinic. And then when I came out of uh, my, my uh, final year of residency training in 2001, I basically, you know, came into the clinic and it was, it's like going home, but having a, such a different perspective because things have changed so much for you. And I was able to look at things at a very different perspective. I had my own things that I could add to the clinic. So really the clinic is a generational clinic with, you know, basically cumulative experience and probably easily over 50 plus, 60 plus years from everybody that's been here. So it's been, it's just a real neat thing with that we've developed our protocols from, you know, all the different realms that we've all been through and, uh, you know, and brought into a, a really neat uh, sort of, pro, uh, you know, setup that we can use on our patients here. Nice, nice. Good for you. Okay, let's dive into the pool of IGF-1 hormone, which, like I said, is insulin-like growth factor one. So let's start with the basics. What exactly is IGF-1 for the listeners? So IGF, yeah, so IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, also known as somatomedin C, it's the primary growth factor that is put out by the liver when it's stimulated by human growth hormone. And it has a lot of, uh, you know, we can get into more detail later, but it has a lot of benefits in maintaining the body. Um, things like, you know, repairing damage to the body, maintains things like, especially like muscle. It helps you to develop muscle. Um, it, it regulates all kinds of different uh, reparative functions in the body. You know, basically it's the main driver uh, or, you know, actually here's, here's a cute one. It's like the main engineer, like Scotty from Star Trek that uh, actually maintains your body and it keeps your tissue strong. Yeah. And it's, I mean, especially as we age, we notice it, the lack of it more and more. But people don't really realize that until they actually add some into their system, how much they actually miss it, you know? So, so go ahead. Yeah, so I, it's, really, it's really interesting you say that. I mean, I think everybody notices like when you hit like in your 30s, you suddenly feel like you kind of slow down. And a lot of people say, what, my, my, my metabolism has really slowed down. Well, one of the big reasons for that isn't like your thyroid shutting down necessarily. It's because... As we age, we have uh, you know gradually less and less of this production of the IGF one and other growth factors. And uh, right around that decade of life, within thirties, we actually hit most of us hit a critical point that we start to feel it. So we don't heal up as quickly. We don't we when we work out, we don't maintain our muscles quickly, or we don't put on muscles quickly. We tend to actually start to put on some fat at that point. That's why everybody says, "Hey, my metabolism slowed down, and I'm starting to pork out or whatever." Well, that that's part of it because. IGF-1, for instance, mediates 
the body to develop more lean mass and actually helps the metabolism of fat, for instance. And so that's one of the things you see. It regulates other hormones. So we see, uh, you know, the uh, beginnings of, if they hadn't already started, it's the beginnings of the degradation of other hormone levels. And so it's all interconnected. IGF-1 really is the main key to that. First of all, growth hormones produced in the pituitary. Yes. So Sent to get, the liver, and the liver produces IGF-1, one of the IGFs, which let's, let's talk about how many IGFs there are. Well. Uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of them, but IGF one and IGF two are the main two. Right, right, exactly. And the uh, again, the IGF one is the one that's most studied. It again, it's called right. somatomedin C. It's the primary uh, action uh, item, so to speak, uh, where the growth hormone can interact uh, through the especially through the liver to affect the rest of the tissues of the body. And so again. You know, the, the, the primary uh, IGF-1, IGF-2, they have fairly similar effects, but the IGF-1 really has much more broad-ranging effects. The IGF-2, uh, for instance, kind of, you know, it has a, a very well-known effect with neurologic tissue along with things like neurotropins that help to maintain, uh, you know, the, the health of the, the various nerves, et cetera. Um, the IGF-1, like I said, has broad-ranging effects that I'm, I'm just starting to touch, uh, uh, like I said, the build the muscle, uh, reduce the fats, and it, it helps to regulate other hormones. Um, but, you know, each one of the various growth factors has, you know, very, fairly large um, mechanisms of action throughout the body, but really the IGF-1 probably has the broadest range of them all. And uh, it's, it, it's the one that's probably produced in most abundance by the liver in, re- in response, especially to the, the growth factors, excuse me, the growth hormone. Then we have, well, there's also the, IGF one LR three, which is a which is more of a long acting IGF one, right? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so there's subtypes of the uh, the various uh, growth right. factors, and and each of the uh, the growth factors because of those subtypes allows for different mechanisms to to various tissues, and like you said, there's some that are, are meant to be more immediate acting, and other ones that try to maintain things long term. So. Uh, the one you mentioned, the LR, obviously, it's kind of named for that because it's a sort of a long, uh, longer-term one. And so each and every one of these specific growth factors does play a very, you know, fairly essential role in maintaining and uh, in, in, in allowing us to not only, like when we're little kids, obviously, like babies, we have lots and lots of these growth factors around. That's why we, we, we grow from the little little baby with tiny little feet and legs to what we look like more as an adult and gradually more and more of it as an adult when we grow. And, you know, again, I mean, everybody probably knows that eventually your growth plates fuse, you don't grow any taller, but, you know, you continue to have to maintain the same tissues that you're growing. And so that's why as we age, like we were saying earlier, there's a specific point where everybody starts to feel that drop off in the amount. There's so many variations of uh, sort of subtypes of the IGFs that you, you you know, they all have these, uh, factors that are meant for short acting and long acting, and really they're used in conjunction with other specific factors such as um, uh, uh, bone growth factors, nerve growth factors, uh, blood vessel growth factors. So all these different things are in the body, and they're mediated by the various uh, IGFs, for instance. And so uh, they work in concert together. So again, God put a very complex mechanism that works really well together in our bodies. I mean, let's talk about the the benefits and some of the, you know, because there's so many benefits just from IGF-1 alone. 
but also it's let's before we do that, let's talk about the role in insulin IGF insulin and IGF instant and IGF one play together. Cause so so insulin like growth factors mean that you know again they 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 utilize uh, uh, various means in the body to produce the growth. And again when you have insulin-like growth factor, yes, you, you would probably uh, stimulate the uh, receptability uh, of insulin in the body. You probably uh, do uh, generate um, an impetus for the, the, the production of insulin in the body. Uh, but the insulin-like growth factors mean that they act like insulin. And that meaning that insulin itself works to open channels in the cells specifically to bring sugar in. And so these things act to open channels in the cell to bring these specific growth factors in. So by doing so, they work in, in, in concert uh, in regards to being intracellular, for instance, and, and having that metabolic change within the cell itself uh, to allow for the various growth or maintenance of specific tissues. Yeah, and then it, all, it also does help manage blood sugar levels. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's... Absolutely, I mean... Uh, because of that stimulation, really, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, it works to, you know, it, it does probably help to combat insulin resistance from various mechanisms. I, I mentioned earlier, it promotes lean body mass as opposed to building up fat body mass, right? So way oversimplifying, but I like to try to explain things better to, to, to my patients. When we're in insulin resistance, which is the, the means that most people get diabetes, basically your, your body uh, is feeling like you're getting, uh, you're, you're eating more and more starches, your body makes more insulin, eventually you go do this kind of roller coaster with your blood sugar. If you get too low, it's dangerous because you can go into a coma. So they're, they're saying that, and Tom, I'm going to use you as the example, but I'm pretty sure you don't have this, but the point is that Tom's not listening to me. He's letting his blood sugars go too low. So as your body says to him, okay, if Tom's not going to correct his diet, I've got to stop responding to the insulin as much. So gradually, even though the same amount or possibly even more insulin is hitting this receptor, it's allowing the sugar to get a little bit higher. In other words, the effect from the receptor to those cells is not as strong as it used to be. So that's a lowering of the sensitivity of the, uh, uh, the, to insulin. So that's what we call insulin resistance. Eventually, the blood sugar gets higher than 126, you've got diabetes. And so... The way that IGF-1 uh, could play a role is it does help to, one, build lean body mass, which is uh, you know, uh, a place where your body basically uses up the sugar more metabolically and more actively, reducing fat mass, which is really inactive tissue where the, sh the, you know, the sugar can start to store up or be more stuck in the blood. And so that's one, one way. And the actual compound itself, insulin-like growth factor one, does uh, probably work on the sensitivity of the body to the insulin itself so it can actually utilize it better. So there's multiple mechanisms where it can actually help combat insulin resistance, which is present in every type of adult onset diabetes on the most part. And right. also the body changes. I mean, we, we talk about lifestyle changes, the most important thing in diabetes, because frankly, your diet, the way your body is, they play the bigger role in regards to how well you can control the blood, the blood sugar long-term. And if you can get those things all right, well, guess what? You're gonna, you're, you're gonna give yourself the best chance of not only having uh, no ill, you know, minimizing not having any ill effects from the diabetes, or hopefully driving it all the way down to the point where you're hopefully not even being diabetic if you're early on, especially. Yeah, and, and, and I think this is, since 
since insulin uh, IGF-1 is made in the liver, we have to take into consideration the standard American diet and the stress and all the other stuff that go into our lives for the decrease in IGF-1. You know, because if your liver's fatty and you're alcoholic or drinking too much alcohol, you have issues or just the crap you feed your, your body with, it's going to have a role in, in the production of IGF-1. Absolutely, sir. Uh, that, that is just, uh, you know, extremely best statement you can make. We live in a ever increasingly toxic environment. And it could be from, you know, uh, environmental toxins, from chemicals or byproducts, whatever in the air. We have, um, you know, basically poor height, uh, potentially poor hygienic situations in certain parts of the world. Uh, we certainly eating and drinking the things we do. We all put stress on the main detoxification organ in the body, and that, that is your liver. Unfortunately, the liver has a lot of other functions, including what we mentioned. There's a synthetic, meaning productive, production-type function, in this case, build, uh, putting out the growth factors like IGF-1. So absolutely right. I mean, if you start clogging up that liver or taking up more of the liver's capabilities to have to detox or deal with the other things that are bad in your uh, environment or from you, then you basically have less and less capability of being able to, to, to make that IGF-1, for instance. So let me ask you this, and I just got to thinking about this last night when I was finishing prepping for this, but what role does a gallbladder play in this? If, if you have a gall, if somebody came along and removed your gallbladder, which is a common operation, too common operation, does that play a role in the production of IGF-1 since it's going through the liver? So the gallbladder itself probably does have a direct correlation to IGF-1 because what all it does is basically concentrates the bile so it can be more thickened and be able to emulsify the fats more uh, effectively okay. during digestion. But if somebody has, say, a smoldering gallbladder that's been inflamed for a long time or they have a really badly acute case where they did have to have surgery to remove it, that inflammation or that, uh, that if you will, that illness in the gallbladder could turn around and make it be so inflamed that you affect the tissues of the liver. So remember, the gallbladder literally sits right under the liver. And so it's, it's directly adjacent there. It could very easily, from its inflammation, cause damage to the adjacent parts of the liver. So in theory, what you're saying is very true. You could potentially affect the, um, the production of IGF-1 for the very similar reasons, like I mentioned in the previous question. It's just more that uh, in, uh, potentially, in this case, damage uh, that could have been uh, 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 sustained by the liver from the gallbladder itself. Normally, in conventional wisdom, we don't think that that happens very much, and we just call it scarring or whatever, and say, <clears throat> well, you got plenty of liver left, you don't really need to worry about it. Well, if it happens to be that you've got a lot of other junk going on, and that scarring, if you will, uh, or that part of the liver that's been potentially damaged, well, that adds to the overall uh, inability of the liver to be able to produce enough IGF-1 okay. your health. All right, let's talk about the... There's a lot of benefits. I mean, there's a slew of benefits to having uh, uh, optimal IGF-1. Weight loss is one of them. Build, muscle building is a huge factor. And soft tissue repair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, so... Let's take all three of those together. So, like I said, um, there's been plenty of studies that show how IGF-1 actually grows uh, tissues a lot faster. And everything from 
physiologic studies where they take muscle biopsies of various animals that these things are tested on. The groups obviously getting IGF-1 develop the uh, bigger and more fibers of the actin and myosin of the, of the, of the skeletal muscle uh, when, when they have uh, IGF-1 on board. Um, we know that physical endurance and strength in athletes does occur with this. Um, there's a, 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 I don't want to say Russian necessarily, I think it was back in the Soviet era, but one of their, their uh, sports uh, uh, physiologist guys, <clears throat> a guy named Arkady Colton, actually demonstrated on Olympic, on Olympic athletes. And again, this is all going to get in there a little weird, right? Talking about Olympics and something as a performance enhancer, but he clearly demonstrated by performance norms, by the, their, their actual uh, growth of their muscles, that the folks that were taking the I, IGF-1 were basically getting stronger, quicker, repairing their damage if they're working out too hard, for instance, a lot quicker. And uh, most importantly, they were building endurance too, in, in the case of the swimmers. And then so IGF-1 has a very clear uh, you know, a benefit in the development of muscle tissue. It actually builds muscle at the expense of fat. And in fact, it promotes metabolism of fat, <clears throat> meaning that with IGF-1 on board, you tend to burn up your fat faster and uh, put on lean muscle mass quicker. IGF-1 itself um, plays a role in conjunction with other growth factors for all the other soft tissues as well. The, so if you have ligamentous type stuff that's going on or <clears throat> you know, the, you know, the other connective tissue issues, that that comes uh, very well in play uh, when you're using IGF-1 uh, along with other growth factors. And uh, I think when we get into understanding uh, one of the products we're going to be talking today, that there is a complete growth uh, matrix and that it includes all these various growth factors. And so that's why it, it, it's, uh, it's better than IGF-1 alone, for instance, for various reasons. You know, one of the things that came up that it helps build and maintain bones as well so I got to thinking, where would, would this play any of the lack of IGF-1 in your body? Would, would the, where, how would that play with osteoporosis? Well, the theory would be that, um, that you have bone growth factors that are floating around in your body. And just like IGF-1, they tend to diminish over time. But a lot of times these um, uh, morphogenic uh, growth factors, for instance, that help with uh, building and, and helping to form things like osteoclasts, which are the, the things that build the bone. Basically, the great activator that gets them to work that much better or much more effectively, sometimes just get them to work at all, is the IGF-1. Okay. So it's sort of the activator that gets in there, gets the other growth factors going, but it itself helps to, to, to promote that growth as well. In other words, it not only wakes these guys up, but it's kind of like the foreman on a construction site that isn't just going to yell orders at his guys to wake them up. It's he, it's going to get in there and work with them to, to build a more healthy bone matrix. So if we start, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but if you start supplementing with IGF-1, would that would it, if a person had quote osteoporosis or or leaning towards having osteoporosis, would that actually supplementation of IGF-1, would that help them? So that's, that's a very good question because the process of osteopenia, which is the thinning of bone versus right. osteoporosis, which is a really thinned out and really uh, porous looking uh, bone matrix where things have just kind of almost fallen apart in there. It is a continuum. 
And you know, obviously, growth factors like this, they're, they're, you know, the best that they can work is when you don't have a, uh, any significant damage at all, and they just kind of maintain the matrix. Once you start thinning your bone, you're going to actually, you're still going to need some sort of mineral matrix to fill that in a little bit. So the growth factors alone still need the other uh, minerals to work better. Um, <clears throat> conventional wisdom about using bisphosphonates like Fosamax and the other things like that, you know, they, they definitely have their place, but they don't grow a healthy matrix. So for instance, you get somebody in there who has osteoporosis. Now it's the next step. The, the little holes in the bone, it's no longer just thin. You got these big gaps in the, uh, the, the, the actual uh, you know, matrix, or the, the meat of the bone, if you will. And, and that makes the bone uh, really uh, so easy. I, 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 it makes it so pliable that it can easily break, right? right. So that, that's the biggest danger of osteoporosis. Now, just throwing a bisphosphonate, which is what a, a lot of other, um, <clears throat> the, 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 you know, your, your primary cure or somebody else may, may give you, yeah, it fills the holes in, but the matrix of the bone is not really being maintained. And the matrix of the bone looks like a little bit of a honeycomb. It's supposed to have some spaces in between it. And those are the spaces that potentially can get bigger and bigger and, and give you this problem. But it needs to maintain that honeycomb appearance because believe it or not, every one of your bone, it, you may not notice it very much, but it has a little bit of flexibility. That means you're going to bounce instead of break if you fall. <clears throat> People who get osteoporosis and then they fill the thing in with the, the mineral matrix, just like the bisphosphonates, yeah, they filled it in. They're not a as big of a, of, of a fracture risk anymore, but they don't have the kind of bone that's really healthy. In other words, the matrix doesn't have that honeycomb appearance anymore. And guess what? <clears throat> you take it in the other direction. You just filled it in. Now it's actually kind of brittle. So you're now at a different risk for basically mm. having a, a, a fracture for a different reason because the bone itself is not as healthy. Uh, so maybe you say that osteoporosis is really bad. That way you can easily fracture. Well, you're getting better, but you repaired it, but it's not in, the, in its normal sort of configuration. And it's still a, a relatively moderate or more a risk for still having uh, a fracture. In other words, you can only go so far with filling the holes in. What the growth factors can do when you don't have those big ga gaps in there, like osteoporosis, when you have osteopenia, it, uh, they actually uh, help to try to maintain that matrix that was in there in the first place. And then you can fill the bone in in a much more organized fashion. Unfortunately, once you get the osteoporotic level, things are so you know porous, so to speak, right. that it still helps. It's better than nothing, but it's never going to get you back to that healthy bone that you had when you uh, the, the 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 when you I hate to use the word younger, but before you started having this process occur. So uh, it's really having to do with the uh, the, yeah, the just the the honeycomb uh, the matrix. Right. So, so the the well, let's let's talk about somatopause, which is a term used for the levels of decline in IGF one, mm -hmm. and uh, you know if so if we caught so that that's another reason to add this supplement as you age, is because it will it will keep those levels not such a bad level to help us. It's it's kind of like maintenance on your car. You know, you exactly. don't. I mean, I I couldn't have said it better. It's about maintenance. You start earlier on, and you help to keep these growth factors in play in your body. Your body tends to take care of itself on those levels. 
Does it say that you're absolutely never going to get osteoporosis? No, because there could be other factors that play into that. Uh, right. But there's all kinds of things like you have malabsorption syndromes, you know, bring the calcium, the other things in your body. You could have, um, you know, basically uh, severe uh, other hormone deficiencies, severe vitamin D deficiencies. All these things play a role in maintaining that health. Right. But having the various growth factors on board, especially the IGF-1 and like uh, bone uh, morphogenic bone growth factors, those are the things that really help to maintain that uh, sort of... Um, it sounds really redundant, sound, but the skeletal structure of the bone itself, that matrix that needs to be maintained for the actual healthy bone. In other words, all the other stuff adds on top of this sort of, um, uh, I guess, framework, if you will. That's right. probably a word, framework. And then the, the framework needs to be maintained by the growth factors. And so they each, in other words, each of those different things, the, the calcium and phosphorus, and that's sort of like the stucco on the walls. Right. The... the the, say the uh, uh, the vitamin D and uh, the various hormones that we want to help pump uh, pump those uh, uh, mineral elements in there. Maybe that's like the drywall. But really, the uh, the, uh, the sort of uh, framing of the house or whatever, if you will, is the actual growth factor's responsibility. Yeah. So hopefully, that kind of makes things a little easier. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, I was just going to say because also, I mean, one of the other benefits, in my opinion. Is that uh, it's IGF one also increases glutathione peroxidase, right? So yeah, IGF one can do that for sure. And then so again, yeah, you know anything that you need with which uh, related to glutathione. I mean everything from maintaining certain types of metabolism right. in the body, helping to detoxify. Without that particular enzyme it isn't going to be able to, to work uh, anywhere near as what uh, we would expect in an optimal situation. And uh, the IGF-1 does play a role in that. Um, I would say it's not the only thing that plays the major right, role. Right. It plays a pretty big role in that. Yeah. So, so well, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's also that the IGF axis maintains, you know, there's a lot of things going on as far as inflammation, anti-inflammation <laughs> with IGF-1. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. because... IGF-1 modulates your immune system. So in case that you haven't figured it out, the immune system is great, but basically, um, uh, you know, ba uh, basically, so again, the immune system is responsible for inflammation, in case you didn't know that. Right. So immune cells react to an area that is being uh, not, not in its natural state, usually because of an infection. But even something like a trauma releases uh, things that attract that immune system there and <clears throat> certain factors in the immune system are released uh, that increase the inflammation like certain interleukins for instance right the igf1 is known to reduce uh certain uh you know uh, factors that that are very destructive to our tissues or create chronic inflammation um and it actually helps to, to down regulate those and at the same time interestingly enough it seems to upregulate more specific cellular responses in the immune system to potentially go after if for instance, in a uh, inflammatory response is due to an infection. Right. So, so the you know, the IGF one does play a very powerful role in that as well. So yeah. it, it redirects your immune system, saying, "Okay, dude, you're just kind of shotgunning this thing. You have no idea what you're doing with this, but there's a target you need to go after." So it helps the, with that cellular uh, directed immunity to go after something. And in the end, like like what we do here with this clinic, say we find an underlying illness of a, like a, a, a based on an infectious etiology. If we can get the immune system to go after that, get rid of that thing, well, guess what? 
the inflammatory component that is the result of that infect uh, that deep set infection will probably go away. So again, that, that's going back to some of the first things we said, Tom, about getting to the root cause of the right. disease. And, the, and this regulation by the IGF-1 should certainly help not allow excessive inflammatory response in the body. So again, I, I won't make the claim that you know, this is going right. to solve everything. Right. It, 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 it's, it's a very potent uh, maintainer, a very potent balancer, if you will, right. uh, of the way the immune system responds. I, I see. I, I, IGF, I mean, is in my opinion, IGF one is not like a cure all. There is no cure all, but there's a lot of players involved, and I think you know this goes to the point we were making earlier about uh, or allopathic physicians. I mean, I I believe in 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 the clinic and in other areas of my life when I run labs on people, I always put it on the HSCRP lab. I always run that. Mm-hmm. C-reactive protein right. just to see the inflammation levels in somebody, especially right. when you get to my, when you're 63, you want to know what's going on. So HSCRP to me is a major player, which is high sensitivity, high sensitivity C-reactive, C-reactive protein. protein. Yeah, I, well, you look great for 63. I wouldn't have thank you. That. Thank okay, you. I appreciate so, it. <laughs> so, I, yeah. That surprised me for a second. So I, yeah, I mean. It's IGF-1. Yeah, so it's IGF-1. So, you know, uh, again, you know, we actually have a saying plastered behind our front desk. It's an old Confucianism that uh, my mom wa- had, had wanted us to have at the clinic for the, the, the forever. And now, you know, it, you know, unfortunately, we lost her last year. But the bottom line is that she always believed in this uh, phrase from Confucius would say, "No." It, it roughly translates in what we have on our wall. It says, no success can compensate for the premature failure of our bodies. If we're using the IGF uh, and the other growth factors to maintain ourselves, knowing that around 30 or so, the somatopause, as you were saying, uh, is occurring, we're just simply maintaining levels in our body that were meant to be uh, at, at a higher level. That's right. why we age in a more healthy way. We don't degenerate, so to speak, uh, as quickly. And I think that that's what the difference is between that and, say, somebody just wanting to shoot themselves with growth hormone all the time and and, and doing things that are above and beyond what the body's supposed to be doing, that's right. when we run into trouble. Right. So let's, let's then we're going to go there now because we know we all, you know, IGF-1 is a very important player in our bodies. Now, is there any side effects to too much IGF-1? So certainly anything you take in excess, there's always going to be a side effect because right. the body's always in balance. So if you have too much on one side, the other side's going to try to compensate. So when you're using, just talking about pure IGF-1 with nothing else with it, that alone could tip the balances in the wrong direction. There's some uh, you know, uh, uh, literature suggesting there's an increased risk for cancer with IGF-1. But again, the, you know, when, when you have uh, somebody who's a little smarter that can help you to kind of properly dose this and you don't use it in excess, right. that alone already is your biggest player. Because remember, all of us who are over 30, we are, by definition, beginning to be deficient, or are, by definition, deficient with IGF-1. Absolutely. So as long as you're not using excessive amounts, right. you are probably going to be just fine. Um, and eventually, I wanted to talk about the actual product that we were... Yeah, we're doing That's where we're going right now. Yeah, so the product that I, yeah, that, that, that I want to bring to people's attention is that uh, it's something you can have at home. It doesn't involve needles or some hard way of putting it in your body. It's actually something you put on your tongue. And it's absorbed very rapidly in your tongue, under your tongue, under the capillary beds. 
Uh, example of that, of course, is people who have chest pain, you take nitroglycerin under the tongue because you want it rapidly getting in your bloodstream. So that same mechanism is at work here with this product because these growth factors are very uh, sensitive. You try to take them orally, they're probably going to get destroyed in the stomach acid and the enzymes that, uh, in their small intestine. So you're not really going to get a good yield there. The product we're talking about is actually a deer antler velvet extract. So what does that mean? Well, <laughs> in case the audience doesn't know, um, I live up here in Nevada, but uh, you know I, I used to hunt. I don't hunt anymore. But uh, deer, every year, they, they actually lose their antlers. And uh, in come springtime, in, 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 uh, you know, in about 110 days, they actually grow a whole new rack of, of antlers. And if you were to uh, get the antlers and harvest them in the middle of their growth cycle, so like 55 days or so, you would have optimal amounts of a growth matrix that's inside the antler. So if you're, and by the way, in this case, you don't kill the deer in case anybody's worried about that. These deer are actually tranquilized and these uh, antlers are almost surgically, basically surgically removed so that uh, you know, the nubs are there and they grow again the following year. Um, the deer wake up and they just don't have antlers anymore. So that's about the, the only bad part. Um, <laughs> when you take First that of all, I got to stop. I wanna, this is a big question because I was thinking about I want to know who was the guy that decided to, or girl, that decided to go ahead and try this and cut the deer antlers off a deer, grind them up and, and eat them. Actually, let me come back to that question. Okay, okay. My thought All right, sorry. It comes from ancient times, actually. But, but the, the fact is that inside the deer antler, uh, when, when you've uh, searched and removed it in the middle of its growth uh, phase, you find this gelatinous, sticky, uh, um, shiny stuff. And that's called the velvet. You can excrete the, the, the process is a vacuum extraction and just simply a cold press like you do with olive oil. And you produce this brownish colored, uh, 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 you know, cloudy liquid. That, when analyzed, is a complete growth matrix, primarily collagen. Then uh, the most numerous uh, uh, growth factors, just like in our bodies, is IGF-1, there's IGF-2, and there's probably like uh, 13 or 14 other growth factors in there, some of which are there to check unintentional growth. So not all growth factors make you grow. Some of them actually uh, try to make sure you just grow in the way you're supposed to grow. So it's, a, it's an entire growth matrix. And like you were mentioning earlier, I think God did a good job on, on a lot of things. We don't want to muck around with it. We want to keep those things in that homeostatic balance. So let's take that question you said. Who came up with this idea? Well, guess what? I'm proud to say because I am, Chinese, I'm a, I am Chinese. I'm a Chinese American, but um, don't ask me to speak Chinese because you're going to make me look really bad, but we're not going <laughs> to go there. But um, I was born here in the States. And, you know, but the bottom line is the ancient Chinese, close to 3,000 years ago, according to uh, various uh, old texts that are available still, have been using deer antler in traditional herbal Chinese medicine. And I don't know, um, my personal story is I grew up in San Francisco, as I said. I used to uh, go down to the herbal shops in Chinatown, not willingly because my it's either my parents or grandparents would drag me in there because I, I as a kid those places have all these weird smells in them and you, you didn't like it as a kid but always what i noticed in those places were these glass cases that had a deer antler in them and whenever you would go there so traditionally in, in case people don't know this you would go into this chinese herbalist that you tell them your symptoms and they grab all the different herbs but almost invariably they would take that deer antler as a ma major constituent of what uh, the, the, uh, of every remedy they did, they grind some of the, the, the open end of the deer antler off. And uh, these things were freeze-dried back then, by the way. And then all these powders were added into the old porter, uh, 
mortar and pestle. Sorry, I almost did that backwards. And then basically they grind them all up, mix them really good, and then they'd hand them in a little envelope to whoever's buying them. And you can mix them into a tea or you can otherwise ingest them in some way. But that's what a Chinese herbalist did. So even in ancient times, the Chinese uh, 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 traditional medicine guys, if you will, they knew that deer antler was a principal sort of foundational uh, remedy or a, a, a thing that helped to build you back. They knew that people healed better uh, from illness if you added the deer antler. Um, they found out later that uh, virility in men were, and, and really balanced in hormones in general was, was also part of this uh, deer antler. They noticed that people's uh, ability to be stronger and have a better constitution came from deer antler. So these are just a few examples. And so the body of knowledge from that is what led to the development of the modern day IGF-1 uh, uh, that comes from the deer antlers or other antlers from other animals is what I've seen. But that's really what the origin of all this is. And from there, the modern extrapolation to look at the, what the ancient Chinese texts say have actually all panned out. Every observation that the ancient Chinese did, you know, hey, you're, 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 you're getting stronger, you're recovering faster, it's balancing you out, helping, uh, uh, like, like I said, it, it was even used when somebody had an active fever, inflammation, it did all that stuff we were talking about earlier. So that's where it all came from. And the modern uh, research or extrapolation has proven out all those things. Huh. So kind of a neat thing. So, but again, it's a, it's a complete growth matrix when you actually can take the antler that's still growing. You got a lot more stuff in there. It's all so, the same stuff. Let's talk about the, the name. Of, first of all, the name of the company is Neutronics. Am I saying it right? Yes, Neutronics Labs. Okay, Neutronics Labs. and. This is a liquid, a nano. Now, let's talk about what. It, let's, I'll let you do the rest on this one. Because <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm I was intrigued. I'm like, because I've always heard about deer antler. You yeah. know, at the clinic, we use pep, IGF one as a right. peptide. We mix it with back with back water. You know, right. and you inject it. You know, exactly. once a day, five days a week, and take a break on two third. You know, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. So it, was, it goes back to what we said. You just don't want to overdo it. But the right. bottom line is you give the benefits a chance to work. So um, the origin of Neutronics Labs uh, by its founder, Mr. Rick Lentine, who's uh, like my brother from another mother, he had a relative that was basically dying from ALS, had no quality of life whatsoever. He was able to, he, he had gotten a, a, you know, a, a lead on this type of uh, stuff that was an extrapolation of the old Chinese uh, deer antler. And he actually started producing these extracts from the, uh, the deer antler itself. And lo and behold, his relative, unfortunately, it didn't cure the ALS by any means, but it gave him the quality of life to live on quite a bit longer than what the doctors said he could live for. And he actually had a fairly good quality of life at that point based on how the product helped to maintain it. Um, but again, that's where the origin of the company comes from. And uh, it's been, you know, probably more than 30 years now that, the, that this product's been available now to the public. It's a very safe product. It's a very effective product. It's probably the only one that I know of that's on the market that's been assayed by a third party to confirm the amounts of the IGF-1 and other things that are in the bottle. Um, <clears throat> and most importantly, well, you know, it, it's a complete growth matrix, like I said, that has growth factors that actually check abnormal growth. So there's no way to get cancer from this, for instance. Um, and the, oh, and the, I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot one more thing. It's in a liposomal or fat-based delivery system, which speeds the absorption of the capillary beds, 
under the tongue there. Hopefully the viewers didn't have to look at the bottom of my tongue, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, so we have that capillary bed to rapidly induce the growth factors right into the bloodstream. Because huh. guess what? <clears throat> you, you mentioned it earlier and you asked me to explain it. The amounts that are measured per bottle, not per serving, but per bottle, uh, again, have been confirmed by third-party assayers, but they're measured in nanograms. So I want you to think about this now. Everybody probably has a decent idea what a milligram is. So one one millionth of a milligram is a nanogram. Okay. So that that's how small the fractionations can be here. And you know, basically, you use a specific amount of the various strengths of the uh, the product that's available. And across the board, even with the lower strengths, uh, which are there more to maintain you, the the higher strengths are either for folks that are uh, that want to uh, train or be or you know like, uh, you know you get the highest one for the, the hardcore athletes. Or in the case of somebody I'm actually treating now who has early ALS, I'm using uh, the, the highest. Uh, uh, concentration to help maintain her, and she's actually doing pretty well right now. Really? So again, this is uh, again. I'm not making any you know, medical uh, claims, right? Claims on this thing, but the bottom line is, using it in conjunction with other therapies, it helps to maintain somebody who potentially even has an active issue that you, you may not be able to necessarily always shut down. So again, there's so many advantages uh, to this. Um, again, you're not just taking a freeze dried antler that came off of some deer at random. You're actually taking it when the, uh, the the antlers are growing, and you have the maximal amount of those growth factors in perfect balance, of course, uh, that are now being reintroduced to the body as a whole and complete intact growth matrix, not just the the, the, the one factor alone. Huh. So hopefully, that, hopefully, that kind of helps. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Let's um, go on your website right now. So let's talk about some of the the products here. You got three different three different. Well, we got more than that. Yeah, there's a whole uh, slew of different strengths. Uh, okay. I, think 10, uh, I think it's 10,000 all the way up to, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 300. 300? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's the maximal uh, the, that's there. The lower uh, strengths are uh, applied as a spray because they can be aerosol, you know, they can be right. misted. Uh, whereas the once you hit 100,000 or more, it's probably too concentrated to properly uh, make into a fine mist. So they're, they're just a drop using the same liposomal delivery system. So does this help with sexual performance too? Uh, I would definitely say yes. Um, but we're not going to make I, I'm not going to say some personal, <laughs> I'm not going to get personal stories here, but I'm not kidding. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the, the truth is um, IGF-1, uh, so specifically from a male side, um, it, it, it increases luteinizing hormone, which okay. increases testosterone. testosterone. And okay. so uh, you, you, you naturally, again, produce your own testosterone better. Um, and again, even in females, we're finding now that testosterone levels in females are critical for balance of their uh, uh, other hormones, possibly stabilization of emotional states, and also for libido uh, on that side as well. So testosterone kind of does libido for both sides and helps maintain muscle, for instance, on both sides. Um, so these are all benefits that, that come from the increase of luteinizing hormone, which of course increases estrogen too. But, um, the bottom line is the IGF one is well known to do that. So yes, the answer is yes about sexual performance. Okay. So let's talk about the strengths. First of all, before, for the listeners, if you're worried about getting too much IGF one, you can always have it measured serum in a blood draw. It's, a, it's serum called serum IGF one. So you so, can. You can monitor your. We do it all day long at the clinic because 
you know, put somebody on an IGF one or any growth hormone for that matter. We want to we want to monitor the IGF levels so that they don't go too high and cause problems. So right. usually, usually we put them on it and have them come in in sixty days or ninety days and draw draw blood. Just you can just do the IGF one draw just to see where they're at. So so with the products from Neutronics Labs, typically, again, they're they're given in such small amounts on, on once right. or twice, usually twice daily basis that they are actually used up extremely rapidly because, again, it's introduced directly to the bloodstream. Um, we actually did a small impromptu study here, and we measured uh, uh, a number of my staff and a couple of patients that we had who volunteered um, when they actually applied, um, I want to say it was the 10,000 nanogram strength, uh, as well as the 100,000. We actually were able to take a baseline before they got the, uh, uh, the product and then uh, at 15 minutes after applying the product, we saw a significant spike. And by 30 minutes, they were back down to the basement. So with the, at least with the Neutronics Labs product, I can tell you that it's rapidly absorbed by the body. It doesn't just stay in the bloodstream because it's growth factors. Uh, your tissues have a very high affinity form, so right. they get utilized really quickly. So it's really rare to kind of see them build up to such a degree that they can cause any kind of a problem. And then the, the body really uses them quick. And again, the application of, of the Neutronics Labs product, again, it's measured in one, one millionth of a milligram uh, increments uh, you know, in regards to the, the total amount that's in the bottle. So again, these and yet uh, we, we see all the benefits that we talked about earlier. So which, for somebody coming onto your site to look at this, and I also, is there IGF-2 in here as well? Yes, IGF-1, IGF-2 are, are, are the two principal growth factors. Okay. But you have a whole bunch of different morphogenic growth factors, uh, transforming growth factors are in there as well. And then we have bone, uh, uh, you know, bone uh, growth factors. We have neuro, uh, neurotropins, which are nerve growth factors. Um, I think I mentioned the morphogenic uh, yeah. uh, bone one earlier. Um, and then there's uh, other ones that can help with building uh, uh, blood vessels and various other tissues in the body. So there's a whole complete growth matrix that's in this thing. And that all just comes from the deer antler. Yep, it all comes from that deer antler. Uh, Nothing, nothing's added. Like I said, it's just like a doing olive oil. <laughs> you just cold press it, and it goes right in the bottle along with the uh, liposomal delivery system. So, if somebody would come out here and say, "Hey, Doctor uh, Fung, what what would you, which one would you recommend for me to start with?" It, it actually depends on your level of uh, say. Uh, you know, your level of activity. Okay. If you're just coming in, like, say, for a well visit and they got nothing wrong with you, what can I do to maintain myself? You probably could start at the lowest dose and you can always work your way up from there. Okay. Then, if somebody else is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm moderately active, I want to get a little stronger or whatever, I may go up to the next dose. And myself, I'm using the 100,000 nanogram per bottle dose. And that, you know, with my, shall we say, uh, you know, you, you realize the doctor's life is never has any stress, right? <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah, I think you know that one really well. Tom. Oh my <laughs> but anyway, God. Um, with that stress level, with uh, me trying to, uh, you know, I, and I, I, I have to say it, admit that I can't work out all the time. Even with that stress level and being to work out a little bit, the use of that 100,000 nanogram uh, drop uh, is perfect for me because I'm able to maintain. Uh, quite often, most people say, How do you keep going all, all day long? And you've done all this stuff you've done, and now you're doing your clinic and you're still managing all that. You know, I basically multitask all day long. 
Um, and I actually find myself uh, not one, I'm used to it, but two, I, I, I can tell you that this um, IGF, without that IGF one product, I think I would never be able to achieve the level of, you know, performance in my work and my, my everyday activities as I do right now. Um, so I, and you know, we, uh, you know, I have, uh, I don't know if I want to admit this on the air, but I actually have eight children. And so, um, wow. so yeah, yeah. Some of them probably were do the IGF one. So we're not going <laughs> to, <laughs> so I've gone back to your previous question, but anyway, the bottom line is, uh, you know, I still try to find time to, to be with my kids when I'm done at work every day and, you know, and try to, especially on the weekends, you know, I got so many, I got to segregate them in groups that are compatible with what we want to do. So I run around all the time with these kids, uh, you know, um, and, you know, all, all this, and I'm still able to continue to be the, 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 the physician I want to be, spend the time I want to do. Hmm. Uh, I even teach Bible studies on Wednesday nights. So it keeps nice. the activity level uh, that I can actually maintain that activity level. And I, I, I never feel like I, uh, that, I, that I'm uh, run out of gas unless, you know, uh, unless something stupid, like I don't eat sometimes. Like I right. don't eat. So, so that's a, you do you the you do the hundred thousand nanogram, okay? Yeah, I mean, uh, and then uh, like in my patients here at the clinic, when like I said, we we treat them for all these chronic diseases, and we have various therapies here that are not conventional, like uh, immune peptide uh, uh, stimulation type therapies to help their immune system get rid of bad things. Um, you know, we do all kinds of other uh, uh, integrative things like high dose vitamin C IVs, oxidative therapies. You know, you name it, we we probably do it. The bottom line is sometimes the patients can get a little worn out by the time you're, you're done and to help them to, uh, uh, you know, basically repair after all the, the, the therapies, um, you can start with the low 10,000 or, uh, you know, sometimes I might uh, uh, put them up to 100,000, especially if they've had a rough time. So okay. it, it kind of just depends on what you're trying to use it for. And, you know, there's really not a sort of hard set of rules that's in black and white that says, okay, you are 46 years old. You uh, you have this activity <laughs> level. You need to be only on 5,000 or whatever uh, goofy thing. No, it's really about a clinical decision that you know your patient and then you basically help them. To so what do you, like for someone with ALS? Well, unfortunately, ALS is a progressive loss of the, the muscles. Right. You know? And so it's kind of a wasting disease. And okay. so, yeah, in those kind of cases, I, I would probably use the maximum dose uh, no matter what. Okay. Yeah, just to try to slow everything down as you can. So let's talk about, uh, is there anything we missed today that you want to add that you can think of? Um, I would primarily say that, uh, I'll make the statement really that I, I do believe the Neutronics Labs IGF-1 uh, Plus product, which is a complete growth matrix uh, that's derived from a deer antler uh, velvet, is probably one of the most comprehensive ways to allow your body to have that healthy aging, to be able to maintain itself uh, of, uh, over the long term and to allow you to not necessarily get as sick with other things that most people start to worry about after the age of 30. Okay. So I think that that's probably the, the easiest way for me to sum it up. Oh, I had one, oh, one more question. What's the long jack? Okay, so the long jack is a adding an in, in herbal with the IGF one, which I believe that one's a twenty five thousand nanogram strength. Okay, and what that does, it's uh, that one's probably more meant for uh, male uh, virility. Uh, the long jack is something that can 
help with uh, erectile function. Okay. And uh, the IGF-1 itself, of course, like I said, stimulates the LR. Well, that will help too. And the testosterone. Right. So, so that one's kind of meant more, more, more for the guys to use. Okay. All right. I just I can't think of anything else. I mean, you got your the website is neutronics.com. Oh no, Neutronic Labs. Yeah, Neutronics Labs. So let me say one more thing. Anybody who's actually ill, now if you have cancer, run this by your oncologist before you do you don't want to you know get between you and your doctor. But anything you take, you so you probably could run it by your doctor. But even if you've got some other chronic issues going on in your body, um, you know, the IGF itself will potentially help to try to balance it out as much. Again, I'm not making claims to cure review of anything, but it can help to try to balance you out to such a point that, you know, again, you're, you're, you're hoping to minimize the effects of your uh, of, right. say high blood pressure or something like that. And this way, it allows your body to try to maintain itself as good as it can, even in light of something that's chronically there. So again, the IGF-1 is great for, uh, again, they mentioned specifically the Neutronics Labs product is great for maintenance of the body, whether you're healthy or potentially have a few things going on with yourself. When you age, like we said earlier, when, you, when you're aging, you know, the 35, I mean, I see it all day long, 30 plus at the, you know, 30 plus, you got to start adding supplements to, to keep your body moving. I mean, it's just a fact of life, especially in the toxic world we live in. So, I couldn't agree more. One more question before yeah. we go. It has nothing to do with IGF one or your or what album or artist would you listen to if you had 35, 30 to 45 minutes to kill? That's a good question. I was always a big journey fan. Okay. I, I, I used to just rock out the journey all the time. I used to try to karaoke journey. I could get some songs down, but not all. <laughs> But anyway, I, I I can do a little bit of a Steve Perry impression, but I don't have the range. Okay, but that's who I'm saying. Yeah, how um, do you like the how do you like the replacement for uh, him, Steve Perry? Oh, uh, yeah, our our, our Pineda, I think he sounds really good. Yeah, and, uh, he has an interesting story. They found him in some and the Philippines. Act, yeah, the Philippines. He was like uh, passed out somewhere, <laughs> they, uh, and and then he started uh, giving like a track to was it uh, Neil Sean who started. Uh, uh, exchanging letters with him, and basically he he auditioned, and the, the guys were going, "Yeah, it's just some karaoke guy." And this guy, I mean, he hits the notes right. Yeah, he's yeah, he's amazing. I've seen them, I've seen them both before. with Steve Perry back in the day, and now with this guy. You know, and, and you know, there's a lot of people that say you hear a lot about people say, "Well, they're just because Neil Neil Sean is basically the only one left in the band, right?" So basically, there are there people. You know, there's a lot of naysayers. Well, they're just a cover band with Neil Sean yeah, guitar. Mean, I, I mean, well, but you still got one of your original guys there. I mean, look at um, the Bee Gees. I mean, uh, it's uh, right. Barry's really the, one, the Barry's the only one still alive. Right. I mean, but they're still uh, until just recently. I think they were still touring. Right. The whole new new band. I mean, Barry was carrying it, but um, but each and every one of these guys, you know, I mean. Yeah, I know that some of these guys are no longer there, but you know what? It's the spirit of the band that right. we love, and that's the and that's what we go to see. And you know, each and every one of these guys. I mean, I, and you know, as you know, like Steve Perry can't really hit the notes anymore. Right. His vocal cords. And the one thing about Arnell Pineda is, and I agree with Neil Sean, say he made this comment on some documentary. So 
I can't believe this guy is jumping up and down, making all those uh, crazy antics on stage. He's going to run out of energy. He won't be able to sing later. But no, the guy keeps going. Yeah, he is. And, you know, very, I, I, he's very energetic in life. Yeah, he is. And, and, uh, and I'll plug the IGF-1 product right now for that. Not that uh, we know, uh, as far as I know, I don't think Arnell is using it. But the point is that that's the extra oomph we're going to get from life. Right. Using right. these kind of products because that's the extra room, that, that extra thing. That, oh, yeah. Well, we, we can do the flips on the stage when we're singing a concert or whatever. I mean, the bottom line is if you want that extra energy, you want that extra oomph in your life, if nothing else, besides healthy aging, you really should. Oh, you feel it. I mean, yeah, you, and it, you see it in your skin. Okay. You know, I mean, your the elasticity in your skin all the way from your energy level from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of IGF. Yeah, I am too. So let me let me throw those contacts out for you again. Right. Um, so for uh, Neutronics Labs, which is where you want to uh, get your products from, uh, it's uh, uh, Neutronics is spelled uh, N-U-T-R-O-N-I-C-S, and then Labs all one word L A B S dot com. So again, N-U-T-R-O-N-I-C-S L A B S dot com. And uh, you, you'll find uh, everything that uh, you know that, that you're seeing right there, Tom, on the screen, yeah. and, and people can, can can kind of pick and choose. Uh, if you want to look for me ever, my name is again Bruce Fong. I'm uh, located here in Reno, Nevada. I am an integrative internist, is what I like to call myself. Um, and our clinic's name is Sierra Integrative Medical Center, and you can find us on the web, of course, at uh, Sierra S I E R R A I N T E G R A T I V E dot com. Or uh, give us a call at 775-828-5388. And you'll know you're on the white website when you see Mario Lopez. Yeah, for for Neutronics Labs, Mario's all over that. (laughs) He's not on my website, but that guy doesn't age, man. You every time he's like it's like, does he get older or not? But who knows? I, I, like, like we said earlier, I, I still remember him in the Disney stuff. So uh, <laughs> you don't see him beyond that. But uh, that's really cool. So, All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. It was fun. So, yeah. God bless, okay? And have a great yeah, day. Yeah, bless you too. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.